podcast. We are your hosts, Kim Kohler and Sean Rodenberg, and we are here to bring you another bracket breakdown. So as we said before, we have watched all 64 of the movies in the first round. Last week, we started with our bracket breakdown with the Southwest bracket. Nope, the Southeast bracket. And now we are on to the Northeast bracket, which as I said last time, and as we were preparing for this podcast, I think is going to be our most difficult breakdown of this entire breakdown challenge. I think arguably even harder than what our final four is going to look like, which sounds weird, but we liked a lot of these movies. So just as a reminder of what these movies are that are going up against each other, these are our winners from the first round. So that is Sideways versus The Green Mile, Mystic River versus Ender's Game, Still Alice versus Moneyball and The Firm versus Rosemary's Baby. So as we did before, I think let's just get right into it and we'll start with what I think is going to be the easiest matchup in my eyes. And that is The Firm versus Rosemary's Baby. Okay. I think we have three that are very easy to eliminate one of the movies. So we can start with that one. Yeah, I think this first round is going to be a lot easier. And then as we get going, we're going to beat each other up. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll start with The Firm and Rosemary's Baby. And I, to me, this one was just obvious because in the first round, The Firm went up against Brian's song, which was a good movie. It was a fine movie. The Firm just was a little bit longer, had a little bit more context, was a lot more fun and surprising, I think. And... I think overall it was a fun movie, but Rosemary's Baby was something that was iconic and something that is so extremely good and so thought provoking. I think even now it's a movie that I remember. I don't remember details of the firm. I remember what it was about, but I don't remember details of it or feel that it set a precedent for movies the way that Rosemary's Baby did. How great would these movies be combined though? Because when we were talking about the frame, we were talking about the idea that it started out as almost a horror movie or it felt like a horror movie. Yes, we were. I remember that. And I still think if it went in that direction, it would have been a lot better and a lot more fun. Yeah, because it would have had some similar themes where you have this outside cult group that's watching your every move unbeknownst to you and setting up cameras in your house and there were no cameras in Rosemary's Baby, but they were accessing her home and watching in on her and had her husband planted in there to give them information. So very similar concepts if the firm would have been executed differently. And yeah, we did talk about that and how much it would have been better if it were this weird horror movie. I don't think it would have given Rosemary's Baby a run for its money still, but I think that... It would have been closer. It would have been closer and it would have been cooler. It just would have been a cooler movie if it had more horror elements because it was very action-y, which was nice. It was fine, but it also was a little bit convoluted and nonsensical in a lot of ways. And it wasn't perfect by any means. It was just the better of the two movies in the first round. It was a fine movie. Agreed. So... I think that being said, we can agree that Rosemary's Baby in this challenge moves on to the next round. Yes. Now, what do you think is the next easiest? To me, I feel like the next easiest for you especially, but for both of us, is Mystic River versus Ender's Game. And let me get this straight, because I want to defend Ender's Game a little bit. I'm not saying it should move on. I think Mystic River is our clear winner in this matchup. Okay. 
but I will listen because I actually really did enjoy Ender's Game as well. And that's why I want to give it like a moment of, of silence almost and give it some recognition because the thing is, is it is really not a bad movie and it's not a bad concept. Has it been used before? Is it the most original thing? No. But overall, it was more enjoyable than a lot of young adult films we watched in this entire bracket. And it was a very different young adult film. It was a young adult fantasy science fiction film. So it was very different than like everything, everything and uh, that one stupid movie with that girl who relived the same day. I can't before I fall. It was a lot better than those that were catered to young adults. And it was very interesting, too. And we talked about this in the last podcast, just thinking about it in correlation with some of these movies that use children as the main characters. And we talked about it with Battle Royale and how it sets up this alternate universe that kids playing video games is actually advantageous because they could defend us from alien attacks. And it's so interesting and such a cool story. Boo the author for being homophobic and gross. (laughs) But it's such an interesting story and it's it was executed pretty well and I think deserved a lot more recognition and a lot better reviews than it got. That being said, after I sat on it, I don't think it would ever have any momentum to be the next great young adult novel movie adaptation. It didn't have the momentum that The Hunger Games, Harry Potter, Twilight, any of those movies had. It was missing something there. I would agree. And I think it's just a little more charisma from the main characters. With those other movies, you find these clear stars, these people that are clearly the next big thing and you find them early and you just happen to luck out, right? Yeah, but they also had Haley Steinfeld in that movie who at the time it was shot was really up and coming. But I hear what you're saying. It's that dynamic lead. And I think the kid who played Ender was not that dynamic lead, nor were any of them just this compelling group of young kids. Yeah. And I think that's where it ends, even though I would watch a sequel if it popped up. I would also probably check it out because I really do think that this movie deserved bigger credit than it got from the critics and from reviews. Yeah. But we both agree that Mystic River moves on, correct? Agreed. Yes. Yes. Mystic River easily moves on. It was just the better movie. And I think we'll probably get into Mystic River and some of its intricacies more down the road as we're doing this. So next, let's go to probably the next easiest matchup, and that is Sideways versus The Green Mile. Which is interesting because Sideways is our higher seed. And I think we both agree that The Green Mile was a lot better. I think we can both agree that a lot of these movies were a lot better. So this is our sideways is our one seed in this entire quadrant. And, uh, you know, I would say that movies we've moved on already, Mystic River, which is a fifth seed, better. Uh, Rosemary's Baby, it's a second seed, but better. I, I think even going into the next one, still Alice and Moneyball, better. So not that Sideways was bad. And saying my piece for sideways, I think that's just going to be the theme of of this particular quadrant move on is I'm just going to give all the fallen movies a eulogy before we move on to the next challenge or move on to the next matchup. The podcast was fun and I was drinking wine and was having a good time. Oh, yeah. The podcast was a great time. And one thing I do want to say about sideways that I thought more on and I didn't 
really mention heavily in the original episode when we talked about Sideways versus Dark Places is that the more I thought about it, Paul Giamatti's character and just Miles in general, I think it really portrayed depression in an interesting way that you haven't seen in movies before, but a very true way. And the more I thought about it, like they mention it, it's that elephant in the room a lot of times. And you have his friend who's like, I won't let your depression and anxiety get in the way of my good time. And it's very much like the looming cloud over Miles's life. But the way they portrayed it and his affect and his almost loss of interest in just life in general and just feeling lost and feeling depressed, I think it did a really good job of doing that. And trying to force him into situations that his mental health wasn't comfortable with. And I know this is my career and I think about this stuff all the time. But I think it was just a different way to look at depression in a movie. Whereas you see depression depicted differently and depression is different in everybody. But I think in movies specifically, you see depression depicted in a very specific way. And that is someone who is almost reclusive and... just what people think of when they stigmatize and stereotype depression. And you don't think of how it affects people's social functioning, how it affects people's interests and how it affects just people being able to relate to one another. And I think this movie did a really, really great job of that. The more I sat on it and the more I thought about the mental health aspects of things that went into this movie that wasn't very serious about mental health. It was, it took it seriously in terms of the writing, but it wasn't the main factor in all of this, but it was a big factor in Miles's life. And I think it balanced it really well in this movie. And that's the important thing of this movie, right? Is that when Miles is doing all of this stuff, he almost feels exhausted that he has to deal with any of it. Like he wanted to be on this trip so he could more or less not deal with anything, but he ended up on the trip dealing with everything and every single action that the two do together miles reaction almost starts out with like a <sighs> okay like yeah and then wanna... he's met with come on man and he just he can't get there yeah i love the dynamic between those two but the green mile is an amazing amazing and we'll talk about it a little more in the most contested matchup of this entire challenge coming yes. up next. Yes. Um, so let's move on to our final matchup for this preliminary round. And that is still Alice versus Moneyball. And this is one that is really, really, really hard. Still Alice was one of the first movies that we watched in this bracket challenge. That was truly a very emotional movie. It was the first movie that wowed us. Yes. I would say. I would say, I think we watched a few before this that we liked and even the movie it was up against. It was the 1990 version of it. And we liked that movie. It wasn't that we didn't like it, but still Alice really blew us away. And this is a book that I read. And I think here's the difference in what I talked about in the last podcast and having to separate myself from the book in The Book Thief and in To Kill a Mockingbird when we were reviewing those movies. This movie in particular, there's no forcing me to detach from the book because the movie did an excellent job at it. And I think Julianne Moore is the testament to that. She was so compelling and so great in this movie and just fantastic. Like it it was a raw emotional movie about a debilitating disease and how someone was trying to integrate it into their life and just 
failing because of the power of this disease and what it had on her. And the thing about me is that I'm a a true sadist and love movies that make me feel sad. I love. Let's stick with this, though, (laughs) because I know that about you. So I could eliminate this down to three movies. And the reason I can eliminate this down to three movies is because they're the three that made you cry. But the problem is still Alice and Moneyball are two of them. So it is. And that's why this is hard. So that's what I wanted to talk about in particular in this matchup is just my own feelings about this. So both of these movies gave me feelings and as much as I like to cry in movies, there's different types of cries, right? And they both come from just an intense emotional experience. And I feel like I had this with both Still Alice and Moneyball. And I love that. I love when a movie can just crack open a feeling inside of me and let it just come out. And I don't know what it is about that. I I don't know if it's weird, but that's just how I am. I've always liked movies that are sad, that feel very hopeless, that I, I just like them. I don't know. So the difference between these two movies is they elicited me crying, but in a different way. Moneyball was because of the nostalgia piece and because of just my relationship with my grandpa and his love of baseball and just my family history of baseball. And that was the piece that got it for me. For Still Alice, it was Julianne Moore and it was the connection to that character. And that I think the whole movie, I was trying to figure out ways and trying to root for her to get her life back on track and have a better grasp of what she was going through. And then you reached a point where she couldn't anymore. And she knew that. And you as the audience knew that. And you felt so helpless. And there's nothing you could do at that point in time besides immerse yourself in that character and immerse yourself in this actress and just live it with her. And I think that she did that so effortlessly and so flawlessly. It was incredible. And so I loved both of these movies. And this is truly hard for me. And I think a lot of my decision making on this matchup is going to come down to talking about your feelings about both of these and what you thought and trying to come to a conclusion. I was hoping that you would just feel stronger about one of them because this is going to be tough for me to choose. Well, let me ask you this. Okay. You have both of these movies in front of you. Who's the most attractive person in both movies? (laughs) Brad Pitt, Moneyball Advances, right? That's how we're doing it. No, I wish it were that easy because the Green Mile would win because I love myself some T. Hanks. Anyways, here's my question. You have both of these movies in front of you right now. Which one are you watching? I think I'm watching Moneyball. But why are you watching Moneyball? Are you watching Moneyball because it's easier to watch? Or are you watching it because it's the better movie? I think I'm watching it because the World Series just ended, right? And when we watched this movie, the original time before we did the podcast, it was in the middle of the baseball playoffs and it just felt right. I think watching it at that time made me enjoy the movie a lot more is that the most important time of baseball was cu- was going on. So off the top of my head, I said Moneyball, but still Alice was a really fantastic film. And I don't think you can just push that to the side because if I had both movies in front of me, I would grab the other movie. And for me, it depends on what type of mood I'm in. I think that that too. Yeah. These movies are great. And the, the difference is, is we had this thing come up in our last breakdown 
And one of the reasons we chose to go a certain route or just concede to one of them is because we're like, oh, it's going up against True Grit in the next round. So True Grit's going to move on anyways. But this is going up against Rosemary's Baby, which is also great, but I think is on par with these two other films. And I don't have an obvious winner for this next round yet. And it's all dependent on what we choose. And I could just go either way. This is so hard. And this is just such a hard bracket. And I just love that both of these movies gave me feelings. I think of a snap decision. If I had to pick one, one comes to mind as just the not. It's not even the better movie. It's just the one you enjoyed more. You liked more. You sat on more. You thought about more. And not even that. I don't know what it is because I sat on these. I enjoyed them in different ways equally. Both of these had very similar outcomes for me. But I think there's just one that the connection and passion I felt with it was stronger than the other one. Then that's still Alice. It is not. No, that's Moneyball. I think it would be Moneyball because I just felt that this is a movie you could watch at any point in time and know that you have some connection to it, at least for me too, because I am such a big baseball fan. But baseball is always relevant. It's always around. You have ancestors, grandparents, family members. I'm sure everybody has at least one person they know that is really passionate about baseball in some capacity. And not that I'm not passionate about still Alice, but it's not a movie that I could watch and feel a bunch of different feelings. There's not a lot of excitement in Still Alice. There's excitement, there's sadness, there's nostalgia, there's frustration. There's a lot of different emotions that went in with Moneyball. So if I'm talking to my own particular tastes of feelings and wanting a movie that elicits feelings, Moneyball elicits more base feelings than Still Alice. I will say this about it. I believe Moneyball is the one that's more recommendable. If someone was asking you for movie recommendations, you would tell them Moneyball before you would tell them Still Alice because Moneyball is the type of movie that anyone can watch and be interested in. And Still Alice is... a. If someone was like, I want to be really sad tonight, what should I watch? I'd be like, oh, Still Alice, throw it in. Exactly. But I think Moneyball is the easier palatable movie. So I had it moving on. In my notes, I kind of do the bracket how it would look if I was choosing it by myself and I advanced Moneyball, but I didn't really feel that great about it. I don't feel great about leaving either of these movies behind, but it's just something we must do. And I think knowing that about it and all of the things I just said about it, I think that's what we got to go with because at the end of the day, we're going to leave 63 of these movies behind. And truly, I just want to say again that this quadrant in particular Five of these movies were our favorite movies we watched in this entire challenge. This would be insane if The Green Mile, Mystic River, Moneyball, Rosemary's Baby, and Still Alice were in separate quadrants because the final four would be fucking miserable. It would be all of those movies. Agreed. All right. Well, let's continue to talk Moneyball and go Moneyball versus Rosemary's Baby now. So either one that we chose between Moneyball and Still Alice, I would have had it beating Rosemary's Baby. I, I liked Rosemary's Baby a lot, but those two movies were fantastic. They were. And I agree with you on that. I think now that we think about it, it is a tough matchup. But just going through 
the emotions that came along with Rosemary's baby or Moneyball and still Alice. I agree with you. I think Moneyball beats out Rosemary's baby. And I think Rosemary's baby is now a staple for me to watch every October, every spooky season. It's fucking amazing. It's amazing. It's problematic (laughs) in terms of the production and the people who produced it, but it is an amazing movie and it truly is a great classic horror movie that I think is to not be ignored in the realm of classic horror movies. And so goodbye, Rosemary's baby. We will be moving Moneyball on to the next round. Also, one thing I want to say about Rosemary's baby as far as horror movies go is that one of the reasons I liked it was it didn't get too much into like the monster type of thing. It did a little bit. But for the most part, it's just someone being super paranoid and it's more of a paranoia scary movie than a monster scary movie. I love that. Yeah, I love that it all is about the human experience and just basic human paranoia and it going from is she just overreacting or things just out of her realm of understanding to, oh, no, this cult is crazy. And it's it's absolutely fantastic. So let's move on to what I think is going to be the hardest matchup, at least not for me, but I think for us as two people who are very passionate about both of these movies. And I think I'm going to toss it over to you because I believe it's very obvious what would move on for me. Because if you remember in the first round, I actually wanted the zookeeper's wife to advance over Mystic River and I I let Sean take a pass on it. Yeah, which is absolutely ridiculous, but whatever. So you talk to me and think out this process between the Green Mile and Mystic River because I will directly respond to that because I truly believe that Green Mile is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life. So here's the thing. I agree with you. The problem is Mystic River was just something about it I loved and I don't even know how to necessarily describe it. It was the fact that it was gritty and a little sad and a little depressing and the acting with these characters. And I feel like I could give you the whole rundown of the movie, but it's going up against the green mile, which was an amazing movie about good versus evil. And it all took place in this prison and it wasn't necessarily the guards that were good or the guards that were evil. And it wasn't necessarily the people in the prison that were good or evil. And it was a combination of people on the inside and people on the outside and who was good and who was evil. And it was so fascinating. I think the fascinating thing to me about the green mile, again, the more I sit on it is that I love Stephen King's novels. I've read probably a dozen of them. I just absolutely love his novels. But I think some of them have the tendency because all of them have some supernatural element that comes into it. The first one that comes to mind to me is Dr. Sleep that just overdid it a little bit on the supernatural element to me. This one almost underdoes it. It underdoes it, but it integrates it so well where it still feels like a natural human experience, even though this guy healing people and coughing up bugs is not a normal human experience. But it's the only part that's paranormal. It is. And it's so small, but it plays a big part into who he is. And this movie just balanced that so well. And it was so incredible to me. I can never say enough good things about this movie. It made me so emotional. I cried throughout the entire thing. I'm tearing up now just talking about it and thinking about 
that final scene and just thinking about this movie, it's actually a remarkable film to me. And I liked Mystic River. I didn't hate it. I thought Mystic River was fantastic, but then I think I could defend Mystic River or change your mind on the winner here if it wasn't the Green Mile. If it was Moneyball or Rosemary's Baby, I think I could convince you, but I don't think I could convince you here because I don't even think I believe it because the Green Mile was so good. Also, it was Sam Rockwell's birthday either today or yesterday, something like that. Happy birthday, crazy fella. All right. He's great, isn't he? He's so good. He's so good in everything we see him in. We're just big fans of him. He plays such similar characters in so many ways, but he's just fantastic. He's He reminds me a lot of Edward Norton. Yes. And they have very similar styles. They pick up very similar roles. They play some of these grittier people, some of these nastier people. They say things that you can't believe comes out of their mouth. They also look similar. They need a movie together. Buddy cop movie. <laughs> Who says too confusing. No. They just look the same and they talk the same and they act the same. It would be awful. But that being said, I think we do move on the green mile. And I think it's my own stubbornness. But also you can't deny that this was a truly moving movie that we sat for three hours through and didn't move. We watched the entire thing without being distracted. And that's a feat in of itself. Correct. Now this one, I don't think is close. This final little matchup. This is a tough one too. Again, two different emotional experiences and two movies. I would easily recommend when you go back to your last defense on Moneyball versus still Alice and saying one of them's more easily recommendable. It doesn't hold up here. Both of these movies are easily recommendable. Like, Oh, have you seen the green mile? Duh, watch it. Have you seen Moneyball? Oh, duh, watch it. The only reason that I would not recommend the green mile to people. And I've told you this before is if I'm recommending a movie, it has to be under two hours long because if I recommend a movie that someone doesn't like, I will feel bad if they have to sit there for more than two hours. But the Green Mile is the exception because it is three hours of maybe one of the best movies I've ever seen. Isn't that your answer then? Yeah. We both have said it. It is no, one of I the agree. best movies we have ever seen. Yeah, that's it, my in my notes because I make notes for all of these movies. My note next to the Green Mile is probably our winning movie. Can't say that. We don't know. I said probably. Okay. I would have to see how everything breaks down, but it it's definitely got the strongest case, especially because I believe it beats Moneyball, and I think you do too. I do. So it's officially in the final four. It is officially in the final four. How crazy is it that this movie is a ninth seed too? Can we just talk about that? Yeah, it's got to be something with Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know. There's no way it should have been a nine seed. No, absolutely not. It's it's an incredible movie. It really is. So, yeah, that puts it in our final four. And that's something that I predicted and was very passionate about, but didn't know how all of this would play out. And it's so interesting talking to you about these and getting both of our feelings and opinions, because for the most part, we think pretty similar on a lot of these movies. But at the end of the day, sometimes we teeter more towards one than we do the other. And we provide some clarification on feelings and just knowing each other. It really helps a lot to talk these out. I think if I had to rank all of these movies, it would go Green Mile, Mystic River, Moneyball, Still Alice, Rosemary's Baby, Sideways, Ender's Game, The Firm. Interesting. I think mine would be a little bit different because I wouldn't have Mystic River that high, but I think I would go The Green Mile, Moneyball, Rosemary's Baby, 
Still Alice, Sideways, Mystic River, Jesus, Ender's Game, The Firm. Wow, I really pushed Mystic River far, huh? <laughs> you really did. I just didn't feel as passionate about it, and I didn't feel like it was something I hadn't seen before. Even though I know it was, it just felt familiar, and it felt dull. And I know that that's something, not the dull part, but you talk about it feeling very gloomy and depressing and I know that's something you like in movies. Some of those uncomfortability, darker movies. I think we see a lot of overlap with like train spotting in that way, where that's a movie you naturally would like just because of the tone of all of it and kind of the grittiness of all of it. And it's just not my type of movie. Yeah, I know. Not at all. Well, there you go, folks. We have the green mile that moves on to the final four. And we already know that that will go up against True Grit in the next round in that final four to move on to the championship final two. That's a tough one. It is a tough one. We will see how that turns out. But that being said, we will continue doing this. We'll continue breaking it down. And our next matchup will be our Northwest bracket. And for clarification on what those movies are, that will be And Then There Were None versus Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. The Good Liar versus Murder on the Orient Express. Brokeback Mountain versus Wuthering Heights. And Hacksaw Ridge versus The Other Bowling Girl. This one will be interesting. It'll be interesting, but I think it'll be a lot easier than the torture we just went through. So that will drop on Monday, November 9th. You can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Anchor, just like you can find all of our other matchups. If you haven't listened to some of them, you want to hear us talk a little bit more about the movies that we talked about today. We expand on them in greater detail in some of our first round matchups, and you can find all of those available right now. And as usual, I want to go into Chalonge because, as we said, we live update this as we are going through these bracket breakdowns. And just like we did before, I will go through the top eight. And again, these are changing. These are also different than what they were last week. So I will go through the top eight. In first place, we have Eli. In second place, we have my mom. Third place, Jess. Fourth place, Tom. Fifth place, Nico. Sixth place, Jake. Seventh place, RJ. And eighth place, Kyle. Again, some people we see that were not in there last week. Some people move higher. Some people fall lower. It's all going to change a whole bunch as we do more of these breakdowns. So if you want to go check out in detail what your point total is, what your potential point total is, you can go to chalonge.com slash the cinema matchups and go to the predictions tab and see how you're stacking up against all 26 competitors in this competition. So with that, We are going to close out our episode today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Please listen next week when we go through more of these breakdowns. We have so much fun with this and it's so fun to talk it out and see what movie is going to come out on top of this entire bracket challenge. So for the Cinematchups, we are Kim Kohler and Sean Rodenberg and we will see you next time. (laughs) 